Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Four Verticals Podcast. I am your host, Maurice Phipps. This is episode 12, and this episode is being recorded on February 3rd, 2021. Now, last week on the, uh, the episode, I said that we were going to get into uh, more NBA news, seeing as the NFL season is winding down. The Super Bowl is this Sunday. So we're going to start off this week with a little bit of Eastern Conference talk. Uh, next week, I will be talking about the Western Conference, uh, similar to how I'm talking about the Eastern Conference this week. Without further ado, let's get directly into it. So now the way I'm going to do this conversation is I'm going to start from uh, the the number one seed and go all the way down to the number 15 seed in the East. So to start off this Eastern Conference talk, the with the number one seed, 76ers. Joel Embiid is looking like the best player in the league. Um, he is the current MVP, in my opinion. I've seen that sentiment being shared around social media, Twitter, Instagram, and such. If he can stay healthy and continue to play at a high level, this 76ers team is a championship team. But I will say that the main question is Ben Simmons. You know, when Ben Simmons was first introduced to us in the league, we we, we saw great things from Ben Simmons and we saw a lot of potential. Unfortunately, to a lot of people, that potential still has yet to be realized because Ben Simmons does not have a jump shot yet. He has been taking more jump shots throughout the season, but he hasn't been making them. So the main question is, Ben Simmons, where does he fit into all of this? Because I don't see a way in this 76ers team ever winning a championship with Ben Simmons playing how he's been playing. Uh, I definitely think that the 76ers would have benefited from the James Harden trade. I definitely think that the Ben Simmons-Harden proposal could have worked, you know, with a few uh, extra details added from the 76ers. But unfortunately, that did not go in the way in the way that the 76ers organization wanted. And so they still have their current roster, which is a very good roster, very talented roster. Um I believe that if Ben Simmons can, you know, step up and be the player that we we all think that he can be, this 76ers team is most definitely going to be a championship team sooner rather than later. Moving on to the number two seeded Nets. Uh, for the Nets, scoring is the, the best defense. They have three players who can score at will, that being Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden. Obviously, three fantastic scorers. James Harden and Kyrie being also fantastic ball handlers and facilitators. But their main issue is the lack of a starting uh, big man because DeAndre Jordan is unfortunately not capable of being a starting big man at this point in his career. And they they don't play defense. Uh, their defense is scoring the ball and hoping that you can't outscore them, which has backfired on them at times. Um, I think back to both of those Cavaliers games where Colin Sexton absolutely took over. I think of the Wizards game that just took place where Bradley Beal hit a last-second three and then a costly turnover by Joe Harris led to a Russell Westbrook three. Uh, there were, I believe, that there are multiple instances in which the Nets have allowed 
just too many too many points to be scored, and that's definitely going to be an issue, especially when you come up against a team like the Lakers, who don't necessarily excel at defense, but if they need to, they can and they will lock you up. And they also have a a very good offense as well. Obviously, no offense can compete with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, but the defense lacks the the defense or lack thereof from the Nets is essentially what keeps uh, teams in these games. And so, for them, they need to they need to make moves for uh, a capable big man, sign one off of the free agent market. They need to do something because uh, they cannot win a championship with this team and that's coming from me um i've also seen this sentiment shared by many people on social media although many people on social media believe that this next team is the best team in the league i do still think that the lakers are the favorites even with this next team being as high powered as they are but only time will be able to tell moving on to the number three seeded bucks the addition of drew holiday has not worked to the extent as some people have hoped for including myself um, I still do like the move to sign Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday does add a lot, you know, a lot of uh, ball handling, a lot of defense, and he can shoot better than Eric Bledsoe ever could. So I still do believe that that was a smart decision to make. Unfortunately, <clears throat> excuse me, unfortunately, the Bogdanovich uh, free agent signing fell through, and so they were not able to secure him. And so... In my opinion, they still do need to pick up or trade for players that can shoot. You know, I feel like letting Brogdon go was definitely a major mistake that was made, especially when we when we move on to the Pacers. We see the type of player that Brogdon has progressed into being. Um, other than that, that's that's the that's the that is the major hole that needs to be filled. Um, with this Bucks team, they are they are still a very good regular season team. Unfortunately, I do think it'll be more of the same in the playoffs. Uh, I think they'll probably go into the playoffs as the number one seed, like they have for the past two years, and then flame out once teams figure out a way to stop Giannis. Moving on from the Bucks into the Celtics, Jalen Brown has taken major steps this season. Uh, he's my personal pick for most improved player as of this point in the season obviously things can change but uh, Jalen Brown has taken major steps Jason Tatum is still consistent and is still the best player on the team although their major issue is Kemba's scoring numbers have dropped considerably from his days in Charlotte uh, I believe he's only averaging 15 points a game when just a few years ago he averaged 22 for Charlotte obviously that is a big problem Without the Kimball of old, I don't believe that the Celtics can take that next step in terms of getting out of the conference championship that they've been in so many times at this point. And this team is very talented. They have the, they have the pieces to win a championship. It all just has to they, – they just have to put the puzzle pieces together a little bit better, you know, get a little bit better on defense. Kemba needs to score a little bit more. You know, they trimmed at the fat this off uh, this past offseason. Um, they let Gordon Hayward walk. 
uh, in free agency. Unfortunately, they weren't able to sign a, a Miles Turner-type defensive guy, but, you know, they still did uh, improve in the offseason by letting go of Gordon Hayward because last season at times it felt as though they had too many options to score. So hopefully this Celtics team can take the next step with next step within the next two to three years because we're going to start to see players be unhappy with the way that these past few years have gone, you know, uh, especially them being in the conference championship so much and them just not being able to capitalize on any of those opportunities. Moving on from the four seed from the four seed Celtics to the five seed Pacers, the Pacers are in what people like to call as no man's land. Uh, they can beat teams that are worse than them, but they're not truly able to compete with the elite teams as of now. Um, Sabon Demonte Sabonis is having a career year, um, but talent wise, this team just is not fully there. Uh, they did trade Oladipo. And that was a big hit talent-wise, although they did get Karis LeVert, who, whenever he is clear to play, uh, is, I believe, uh, going to be a step up from Oladipo, at least in terms of scoring. Uh, I don't know about being the leader of the team. I still have no idea who that is of now. Um, Miles Turner is having a Defensive Player of the Year season, and Malcolm Brogdon is producing efficiently. But, again, their roster does need more talent, as well as T.J. Warren's bubble phenomenon is almost certainly over, as in the four games he's played, he's only averaged 15.5 points per game. Uh, hopefully, the addition of Karis LeVert, when he is fully cleared to play basketball again, uh, hopefully that addition can turn them into a top-seed team, because I definitely want to see more out of this Pacers team. At the sixth seed, we have the Hawks. Uh, at 10 and 10, the Hawks should not be the sixth, sixth seed, but the Eastern Conference is in a very, very weird space. Trey Young has flashed absolute brilliance, but every so often he does go cold in games when the Hawks need him to uh, step up and be the leader of that team. Clint Capella has also been playing very well, but this year is just not going to be this team's year. I don't see them truly contending for a championship within any any time soon you know it, it may be four or five years before we even start to consider this team as legitimate threats in the eastern conference um until then hopefully trey young can you know develop into uh one of the better one of the best point guards in the league because this hawks team is going to need everything from trey young in order for them to start contending Moving on from the sixth into the seventh seed, we have the Cavaliers. The young backcourt of Colin Sexton and Darius Garland will be a problem in the league very soon. Until then, the Cavaliers remain in the same position they were when the first time LeBron left them and the same place they've been since LeBron left them the second time. That place is irrelevance. In my opinion, this team should trade Kevin Love for some good enough assets and kiss the final rem remnants of the Big Three era goodbye. This team is definitely going to have to pick themselves up via the draft uh, and free agency because I don't necessarily think that they, they just 
they they just don't have it anymore. Uh, once LeBron left, it seemed like everything from that Cavaliers organization just left, uh, rightfully so, because up until that point, LeBron was the entire Cavs organization. Um, still a bright future for Colin Sexton and Darius Garland and some of the other young pieces on the Cavaliers. Hopefully they develop into great players. You know, everyone can't be um, all-star level talent, but hopefully uh, they can make the best out of their unfortunate situation as of now. Moving on to number eight, the number eight seed Hornets. Gordon Hayward has seemingly returned to his pre-Celtics trade and pre-injury form. He's averaging 23 a game this season, which is the highest mark of his career so far. LaMelo has also played very well up until this point and is garnering Rookie of the Year talk from many people. This team, however, is very, very guard-heavy at the moment, and moves need to be made for better forward and center talent, in which at the moment they have very, very little. It may be time to ship off players like Malik Monk and Bismack Biombo. Now, the number nine seed is the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors have looked absolutely horrible to start the season off, and certainly not what people were expecting from a team that just came off of their best winning percentage of entire team history last season. The losses that they suffered in free agency hurt them a lot, and to top it off, Siakam has not yet developed into the player that the Raptors hoped he would be. Here's hoping that the Raptors can bounce back from their shaky start because as much as uh, we all enjoyed the the Raptors championship season, I was sort of looking forward to seeing where Siakam would take this uh, Raptors team. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like he's taking them anywhere far this year, but you never know. The season, I don't want to say it just started. The season's been going on for a while now, but this season could turn around at any time for the Raptors. Moving on to number 10, the number 10 seed is the Bulls. Uh, out of the playoff seedings, we find the Bulls. Zach Levine is the franchise player for the Bulls. Uh, he's developed into one. He is an elite scorer of the ball. His defense has improved considerably from last season. And their their young pieces like Patrick Williams and Kobe White they have also uh, shown great promise, but it's just too early to tell with them because they're so young. Uh, speaking of uh, youth, this team is too young. This team has to develop and mature a lot. Um, Laurie Marketing uh, coming off of his down year, a uh, seeming seemingly coming off of his down year. Uh, he still has to mature more and develop as a player. Wendell Carter still has to mature and develop as a player. Just a lot of a lot of development needs to happen within this uh, this Bulls team. The 11th seed is the Knicks. The Knicks have finally started to see a light at the end of a very, very long and very terrible tunnel. R.J. Barrett is developing nicely into a great two-way player, and Emmanuel Quickly has been playing well for them as well. Julius Randle has also been great for them, and they still have great pieces like Mitchell Robinson and Kevin Knox. Still a very young team, so I don't expect anything within them uh, to manifest playoff-wise within the next four years. But um, this is the start of things to turn around for this Knicks team and this Knicks organization. 
with number the number 12 seed is the Magic, the Orlando Magic. Um, unfortunately for the Orlando Magic, I don't see any shining light redemptive qualities of this season. Uh, Markel Fultz was starting to break out of his shell, but he tore his ACL. And so I don't believe that there's going to be a way that the the Magic sneak into an eighth seed this year, which is a shame because Nikola Vucevic has been consistently an all-star player for this team. Unfortunately, he just plays for the Magic. With the number 13 seed is the Miami Heat, the biggest drop-off I've ever seen. Uh, this team uh, has gone from the NBA Finals to the 13th seed. Uh, the Heat have not been playing well at all, all around, whether that be Jimmy Butler not being aggressive enough scoring-wise or Tyler Hero not living up to the immense hype that has surrounded him thus far. Uh, this Heat team is all but bowed out for this portion of the season, which is a shame because, you know, players like Bam Adebayo and Dragic, you know, they are the bright spots on this team as of now. Uh, hopefully they can pick it up and put this season back together in some sort of way because that unexpected heat run to the finals last year was I would was probably one of my favorite moments in recent memory uh just seeing this this fifth seed that people wrote off in the first round uh you know make it all the way to the finals you know that that that's a story that doesn't happen too often in the NBA and so hopefully we can see this heat team bounce back and potentially make a playoff run uh towards the end of the season Moving on to our last two seeds, we have the number 14 seed Pistons. The Pistons have no real direction, but Blake, Blake Griffin and uh, Derrick Rose would have been a combo that you could have won a championship behind in 2011. Unfortunately, in 2021, both players are shells of their former selves, which hurts me to say because Derrick Rose is my favorite basketball player of all time. Uh, Derrick Rose is still productive. But Blake Griffin has fallen off a cliff since last season. And this team is just in a very, very unfortunate position. Um, and that position sees, seems to have no end date in sight. And now with the 15th seed in the NBA, we have the Washington Wizards. And probably the most shocking news to come out of this season thus far, Bradley Beal is averaging 35 points per game. And his team has a record of four and thirteen. Russell West Russell Westbrook is also averaging twenty nine and nine. That's twenty nine assists and nine boards on an injured quad. Uh, I don't necessarily know how that's possible. Uh, this team can't go out a parked car. Um, the team this this team's defense is absolutely atrocious, which is, I mean, a problem that I previously stated with the Nets. However, the Wizards don't have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden to bail them out. They only have Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, which I'm, I don't want to say that that's the worst combination ever to have, but, you know, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, they just don't seem to mesh well together. Um, and that shows in this 4-13 record. Russell Westbrook has been playing hurt. And I do uh, commend him for that, but that doesn't change the fact that this team is downright terrible, and this team is, in my opinion, the worst team in the league. Um, 
no team can consistently win with the with the opponent scoring uh, 120 points per game, 110 points per game, you know, stuff like that. Uh, my prediction is that Bradley Beal ends up in a different team's jersey by the end of the season, and the Wizards will call this John Wall era. I say John Wall because John Wall was the face of the franchise for ever until he uh, got hurt. Uh, but my prediction is that Bradley Beal ends up in the different jersey by the end of the season, and this entire era comes to a close, and they go into rebuilding mode. Moving on from NBA news and on to NFL news, we had a blockbuster trade happen over the weekend. Matthew Stafford has been sent to the Los Angeles Rams for Jared Goff, two firsts, and a third-round pick. Uh, the Rams are obviously in win-now mode, but I'm not necessarily sure that that was uh, the right price that they should have paid for Stafford. Um, if you look at a player like Matthew Stafford, he's 33 years old. He has an injury history. He's never won a playoff game. And the question is, is he that much of a step up from Jared Goff to get them to the promised land, to get them to the Super Bowl where they were in 2018? I don't have the answers for that. I don't necessarily think that Stafford is such a big uh, step up from Jared Goff that they should have that they paid uh, two firsts and a third. Um, the Rams will have gone seven years without a first round pick once everything is said and done. Uh, hopefully for Sean McVay and the Rams, their time comes soon and they get another crack at that Super Bowl because they do have one of the best defenses in the league and their main issue was the quarterback position. So hopefully everything works out for them. Um, but we will see in the next season. We will we will definitely see what, what Matthew Stafford is going to do with this L.A. Rams with this LA Rams team because a lot of people have a lot of people have immense respect for Matthew Stafford. I am also one of those people. Um, some say that Stafford was dealt a a horrible hand by uh, you know ha being drafted by the Lions. Obviously the Lions organization hasn't been competent in I don't know how long, but you know, some of that does fall onto Matthew Stafford. For as good as people say he is, I have seen him throw, you know, some incredibly wild picks, and he has been, uh, for a large portion of his career, unavailable due to injury. So I don't necessarily know whether the Rams are going to regret this decision now, but hopefully it all works out for them, and hopefully Jared Goff can uh, elevate his play back to the level that we saw when the Rams made that Super Bowl run. Moving away from that, Eric Bieniemy still does not have a head coaching job. I don't know why. I don't know what the reason is, but um, he still doesn't have a head coaching job. I, I don't know. Um, moving away from that, Last week, I decided not to speak on the Chad Wheeler situation, uh, but this week I have decided to uh, reverse my stance on that and actually talk about it. For, the, for those of you who do not know, Chad Wheeler was arrested and subsequently let off on bond. If you guys do not know who Chad Wheeler is, 
He was an offensive lineman for the Seahawks. He has since been released after these uh, alleg not alleg after these allegations have surfaced. I don't want to call them allegations because uh, there is clearly a victim in this situation. But uh, I guess they are uh, accusations, I should say. Um, for those of you who do not know, Chad Wheeler's uh, I believe now ex-girlfriend um, uh, according to her he was angry with her and so he decided to put his hands on her um, according to her testimony she also said that when she woke up from consciousness um, Chad Wheeler's words to her were uh, that he was surprised that she was still alive um, a very unfortunate situation for uh, said victim, wish nothing but the best for her. Hopefully she has a uh, speedy recovery and can move on with her life from this uh, traumatic incident. As for Chad Wheeler, um, some people said that this situation was swept under the rug because he was not a star player, uh, because he was essentially a NFL nobody. Um while I think that may have been the reason, I definitely don't think that uh, this situation being swept under the rug was okay in any uh, in any facet of the word. Um, I do believe that Chad Wheeler should never play an NFL game again because, according to the victim, Chad Wheeler thought that she was dead. And so, you know... It's, it's a very unfortunate situation for all of those involved. Um, a lot of people have tried to make the excuse that Chad Wheeler has uh, mental health problems, which he may well have, but there is no excuse for domestic violence in any, uh, in any case. So hopefully all of this gets situated soon. Um, hopefully the victim can recover, and hopefully Chad Wheeler gets whatever justice he deserves. Moving on from that, we have last-minute Super Bowl talk. Um, I am still picking the Buccaneers to win. Uh, what does this win mean for Patrick Mahomes in the future? Uh, this is probably going to be one of the most talked-about Super Bowls in history if everything goes a certain way for Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is, at this point, proving himself to be a generational talent. And so if Patrick Mahomes has a career, uh, anything like some of the members of the media have been predicting, this Super Bowl will be what either puts him in the GOAT conversation or takes him out of the GOAT conversation. Now, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is young and he has an entire career ahead of him. But, you know, this is going to be something that we look back on in 10 years and say, hey, that Patrick Mahomes kid, uh, either he beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl or he lost to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. You know, it's going to be a very, it, this, this is going to be a very historic Super Bowl, whether we know it now or whether we realize it in the future. Um, like I said, I'm still taking uh, the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl. 
Um, I think it'll be very high scoring. And I'm not betting against Tom Brady anymore. That is uh, my take on that. Moving away from the NFL news into our final bit of news for this episode. Next Saturday, well, I suppose, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next Saturday is UFC 258. And I'm very much looking forward to the main event where Kamaru Usman will defend his welterweight championship against the number two ranked welterweight Gilbert Burns. Uh, my pick is still Kamaru Usman defending. Um, it should be a very action-filled fight. I'm predicting a finish either way within the first three rounds, and hopefully we all get to see that. With that being said, that has been this week's episode of the Four Verticals Podcast. Uh, next week we will talk about the Western Conference. I may or may not have a guest. I haven't decided yet. But we will talk about the Western Conference um, and there's much more to talk about in the Western Conference. So if you would like to stay updated on when episodes come out, please follow me at F-O-U-R-V-E-R-T podcast on Twitter. That is, again, F-O-U-R-V-E-R-T podcast. And with that, I'm your host, Maurice Phipps, signing off. Thank you for listening.